The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that the entrance of your word, it giveth light and it giveth understanding to the simple. Father, I pray this morning, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receptive to receive everything that you have in store for us this morning. I pray that you anoint my tongue as the pen of a ready writer, that I may speak divinely inspired by you and you alone. And for this, we are truly grateful. And we receive it now by faith in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, if you grab your seats this morning. How many people are aware this morning and say, we're going to 10,000 and beyond in members? How many people are part of that 10,000? Well, there's an amazing surprise this morning. And um, if you're at home watching, you better hurry and get here because it's going to be for those who are here. (laughs) You say, what is it? It should be here. (laughs) There's a joke that says, you don't want to miss it. So we're talking with... uh, one of the staff members, and it was more like, you're going to regret it for missing it. So we probably should put that in a text. But if you can, turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter number 6. We'll read from verse 1 through 7. It says, now about this time, when the number of the disciples were greatly increasing, complaint was made to the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Jews, against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked and the neglected in the daily ministration, distribution of relief. So the 12 apostles convened the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not seemly or desirable or right that we should have to give up or neglect preaching the word of God in order to attend to serving at tables and superintending the distribution of food. Therefore, select out from among yourselves, brethren, seven men of good and attested character and repute, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may assign to look after this business and duty. But we will continue to devote ourselves steadfastly to prayer and the ministry of the word. And the suggestion pleased the whole assembly, and they selected Stephen, a man full of faith, a strong and welcome belief that Jesus is the Messiah, and full and controlled by the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte, convert from Antioch. These they presented to the apostles who, after prayer, laid their hands on them. And the message of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and besides, a large number of the priests were obedient to the faith in Jesus as the Messiah, through whom is obtained eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. Amen? So we wanted to talk to you this morning as we're moving forward in order to do anything and to continue to build 
what the Lord has put on the ministry, that there is a structure that has to be in place. Because God will never give to something more that can be handled. We have to be able to take care of the harvest that's coming in. Amen? So as we ask, how many people are connected to the vision and said, as the word of the Lord came, 10,000 strong and beyond, you said, well, how are we going to do it? Just as it's being done in South Africa, just as it's been doing, done throughout the continent, there's a harvest that's coming in, and it's coming in right here to the river at Tampa Bay Church. Amen? But it's not just up to Pastor Rodney or just the pastoral staff or everything. It's the entire body that's going to be able to take care of it. Wow, I thought there'd be a whole lot more people that are energized and said, I'm part of what God is doing. I want to ask a question. And this question is going to be this. When you walk into a building, you walk into a company, you walk into an office, there's somebody that you find with the most keys on them. Who is that person? How interesting it is, the person that people will think of the lowest is the person that has the most keys. That keys come by serving. There are a lot of keys that people are looking for in the kingdom of God, but you don't find it up, you find it down. You find it through servitude. So many try to go over but never get the keys. They will run from this man of God, they'll run to that man of God, when the way up is actually the way down. You will never ask a janitor what he's doing in a room. He could be in the king's chambers, he'll never get asked. He could be in the president's office, he'll never get asked. You know why? Because his job of serving gives him access. There are keys that come through servitude. Someone say, I can tap into the anointing if I could just connect to a man of God. I can tap into this if I can sow into a man of God. How about when we sow our time, our giftings, and our talents to the Lord himself? It's being connected to him. How did the man of God get it? Serving. Being connected to him. So there are keys that come not by going up, but by going down, preferring others above yourself. And that's a key part that we look at when we look in the ministry of helps and we look at the church and the body of Christ in itself. What is the ministry of helps? Helps, having enough loving people serving. Because if we're connected to the vision, as we are. And then we look and we see those that are serving. There's always room in that place. Some may say, well, it's about how I want to be the big gun. There's only one gun, and that's the Holy Ghost. And we're just the bullets in this chamber. And we can't afford that when he pulls the trigger, there's a dud. Because there is room for everyone to do something. As Pastor Rodney has said it time and time again, there are no unused bodies or members in the body of Christ. There is none. You say, well, there's a, there's a problem with my body. I can't get to that place. I'm, I'm sick. I'm this. I'm that. There's healing for you. God will quicken your body. Hallelujah. 
Someone say, well, you know what? My job doesn't afford me to do that. There's something that we all can do because for some, it's their, their treasure is not their money. It's their time. I will pay for somebody else to do that. But would you lay it aside for a second and say, not only will I serve with my, with my finances, but I'll also serve with my time, my giftings, and my talents. Because that's actually raw gold. Yep. What are you paid for on a job? Your time. Your giftings. Your talents. But see, your time, if you think about it, is so invaluable. If someone were to offer you $2 million and say, all the time that is in your life, I'll take it from you right now, and that's the end of it, you wouldn't sell it. You wouldn't give it. But a job tells you that's what you're worth an hour. So what happens when you take that? And you say, God, I'm, I'm going to put that into the ministry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve with that. I'm going to come and I'm going to build your house with it because it's essential. No one is beyond serving. No one is beyond helping in the building of the Lord's house. No one. Because in the local church, there is a congregation there is an assembly because the church is not a gathering. It's not a gathering. It's an assembly. Anything that is assembled is jointly, it's fit together. It's jointly fit together. And it is for a purpose. It's to do something. A gathering is just a heaping of things together, but it doesn't do anything. It's just gathered. If you're putting, you're about to, to, to put a crib together, you're about to put a bicycle together, you're about to do something, you'll gather your parts together. You won't assemble it yet. But nobody will get on a bicycle that's just been gathered. The church is not a gathering. It's an assembly. You don't want your car being gathered. You want it assembled. You don't hope that the wings on the aircraft is just gathered parts. You want it assembled. See, that's why we're in assembly. There is a purpose. The called out ones weren't just called out to sit out. They were called out to do something. They're in assembly. We weren't called to just sit. We're called to be activated. We were called out and called up. There is a reason for that because there's an anointing on each and every one of us to, to continue to do the work of the ministry, an anointing to, to steadfast, to come around, to do the things that, that, that we look and we desire. And God is saying, you know what, the same way that I can provide and I can provide for my people, he is the head of all things to the church. And so the same way that he would supply financially to fund in the ministry is the same way he is supplying the giftings and the talents into the body to go ahead and meet everything that is desired for the growth of the church. And if he's head of all things to the church, then we have to understand that there are, just as in the body, there are parts of the body. And that's what we are. So then the call comes for a part of the body and that part needs to heal. 
That part calls for yielding. So in Acts chapter number 8 and verse 1, the Bible says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. See, this is a local church with a global vision. And you're a part of it. Every one of you, those who are even watching, the online members, you are part of that vision. Your heart is connected to that vision. That there is a vision that has been cast in the house of what we see happening even in Africa. You're a part of it. Every single person here is a part of it. But I love it that it's the river at Tampa Bay Church. It's not the river of because you can't own the river. It's where God has placed this river to flow. It's his river. And we're a part of it in this city. We're a part of the river in this city to make the impact flowing out of the city. The river at Tampa Bay Church. That's what you are. That's what we are. That's what God has placed on, on Pastor Rodney and Pastor Adonica's heart is to have a river that flows, his river that flows into the city. And each one of us are streams branching out of that river to do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. And it starts at home and going into the city. That's what you are. That's what we are. And that river branches out into far-reaching corners of the earth. But the base has to be strong. There has to be that servant heart that stays, that stays, that continues to plug in, that says, no, I'm a part of what's happening. I'm not a spectator. I'm in the game. I'm here to make sure what it's happened. I don't care who sees and who don't see. God sees, and I'm doing it because he has a need, and I'm stepping up into the need that God has. That's why if you would be asked... If God came to you and said, I had a need, how many would say, I, I would fill that need for you, Lord? How many people by up raise hands and say, if God visited you and said, hey, by the way, I have a need, can you help me? How many people would say, absolutely. He needs you. Because it's not man that chooses, it's God, even for the ministry of helps. He needs you. He needs each and every one of us. There are no sidelinders. And we have a, a radical bunch of people. We have a radical home team, a radical people who are holding down the base. The vision, 10,000. 10,000 strong. 10,000 strong. 10,000 strong. 10,000 strong, marching through the city of Tampa, marching through the high schools. You said, I, I think I'm too old. You're not too old. He renews your youth like the eagles. Come on. You said, I think I'm too young. No. What did he say to Jeremiah? Don't say that I'm a youth. There is a call for you and there's a place for each and every one of us to do what God is calling us to do in this hour, to go to hold the base down, to make sure that the helps ministry is strong, to make sure that everything is in place. To prepare for the 10,000. Because there's, there's nothing worse. There's a reason why dynamite fishing is like, eh, don't do it. Not because you might miss the timing and it blows your hand up. <laughs> you don't want to be an armless fisherman. But what? You've got to be able to contain the harvest. 
you've got to be able to contain the harvest. And so in that, you realize that in the local church with the helps ministry, it's a place for teaching. It's a place for teaching. It's a place where discipleship takes place. Somebody says, I wish I had somebody to pour into me. That's available in the ministry of helps. It's absolutely available in the ministry of helps. I remember one time, just like back in Bible school, I just, God, I really want somebody to pour into me. He said, well, who are you pouring into? He said, well, I don't know much. You know more than that guy who just got saved one second ago. You have something that's been deposited. And so when we look at it, we could go back to Acts chapter number 6, and we see something very specific coming into the latter passage in in, in verse 7. Talking on the number of disciples multiplying. Notice it didn't say added. It said number of disciples multiplied. Multiplied. Think about that. Multiplied. How are we going to get to the 10,000 as Pastor Rodney has prophesied that and spoke it out by the Spirit of God? How do you get to the 10,000? It has to be multiplication. And the number of disciples multiplied. See, because the building of the local church isn't just on the pastors. Look at the structure. The apostles given themselves now to the time of the word, the time to prayer and fasting. The time to preparation, you know, we laugh about it because in many cases you hear people saying, well, and I wasn't a fresh word from that pastor. Well, yeah, because he's painting the doors on Saturday. He's doing all the things instead of just getting out with the Lord. That's what I love about this ministry. I love it. A fresh word. Anytime, any second, every day. Why? Because our man of God can devote himself to that word and the time with the Lord and everything else. We've got that, Pastor. He can go to Africa and do what's being done because of you saying, Pastor, home base is covered. Home base is covered. Go and do what God is calling you to do. Home base is covered. Home base is covered. You have a place you're coming back to and it won't miss a step. The home base is covered. Because the oil runs down, it doesn't run up. I say it again, it runs down, it doesn't run up. You find more dew on the grass than you do on the leaves. Why? Lower. Servitude. No reputation. Pastor, whatever it's got to be. That's why even in serving, you think about it. The heart of a a server, of a servant, where is vacuuming, whether it is cutting the grass, whether it's mowing the astroturf. (laughs) Keeping up the grounds, the restrooms. Because nothing is worse than going into a restroom and it's atrocious. At that point, you don't care what the food is like. Doesn't matter. You said that's a five star? Mm-mm, I'm not eating that. You can tell when you just come into the parking lot. 
You look at the parking lot, it's all cracked and battered, trash floating around. You're, you're like, uh, I don't know. It doesn't look too safe. Doesn't, that's not good. If you go to a place and the security is half asleep, you're not so secure. <laughs> you're like, I'm not staying there. You, you go, you show up, you take your kids to a kid's church, and the kids are running amok. You know, the three-year-old is leading the whole committee. There's a revolt happening. Not my kids. I'm keeping them with me. No, thank you. I'm not putting my kids in there. <laughs> you know, you, think, you start thinking about all the different things. You talk about media. You think about all that's being captured. I'll ask this question. How many people are here today because you saw, whether on YouTube or, Insta or Facebook or, or you watched a live broadcast by satellite? Just raise your hand. If this is how you became familiar with the ministry, you were watching something. Oh, you don't, I guess nobody want to raise their hand. Everybody just was, the Lord told them. If it's you, you saw a broadcast and it was impacted, just raise your hand for a second. Now, I, I want media just to take a moment and just scan through. Keep your hands up. I, I want you to keep your hands up. And I want media just to scan through and see those hands. Just take a look. Just pan all the way through. See the hands. Keep your hands up. Just wave. Because here's the thing about it. They're not seen. You guys aren't seen in media. But I want you just for a second, and those who are in media... Just take a look at what the Lord has used you to do. I mean, Pastor Chris and Pastor Lois tell the testimony, watching by way of a broadcast, and here they are. Watching, lives totally changed, transformed by way of watching by broadcast. Who will you impact if you just say, Lord, there's a need in, the, in there, in the media room. I want to come. I want to I I be a part of that. I want to capture the anointing and take it into homes, millions of homes watching. I, I want to be a part of that. You know, because often I think about the, the, the parable of the talents. And you get to thinking about the one who buried the talent. He said he buried it in earth. He buried it in earth. And I get to thinking, well, dust of the earth made me. Dust of the ground. And I get to thinking about the talents that are buried within. Notice he said, you lazy, wicked. Laziness and wickedness equated with bearing talents. You lazy, wicked servant. It's not a rebuke. I'm talking about me. And I start to look at myself personally and I go, what are the talents that I have that I haven't yet used? Ah, I feel convicted. I have musical talents. <laughs> Conviction. <laughs> But that's not what I'm appointed for. Because in the same, there are people that God is speaking to them about being, bringing their talents through. 
There are people who can play on an orchestra, but they, they won't. They say they don't have the time. Time? No. You're not a slave to time. Time was given to you. That's why we say we will make time to do whatever it is we need to. So it's never a problem with time. Because the time is here and the time is now. That there is a vision that is being fulfilled and you are written in as a part of it. Prophecies being fulfilled and you are a part of it. You're a part of it. You are part of it. You pull in, I love the parking. You know exactly where to go. And sometimes, I'll, you know, you said, but how are we going to facilitate the 10,000? That means we're going to need more people who are skilled in that area with parking. That they can see, assess things and quick thinkers and know how to plug into the Holy Ghost. Full of faith. Wisdom. That's you. That's you. That's me. That's us. And there's a pull because there's an urgency. There's an urgency. We're not waiting until the 10,000 is in to then get prepared for it. How can you prepare for when it's already here? Because here's the thing. If there is no preparation, then there is absolutely no expectation. Because a key part of expectation is preparing. Being fully prepared, ready, I'm in, I'm in, I'm ready. Somebody said, well, it looks like it's taken. I don't care. I will wait on this as long as it can, but I know it's coming, so I'm expecting it. So as we're looking and we're looking forward at what God is doing, and you know what Pastor said, coming back, our breakthrough, your breakthrough. That cannot be just what we see happening in Africa. It's happening here. It's happening in Tampa. It's happening right here at the River of Tampa Bay Church where the doors are, uh, people are lined up trying to get in, packed out. I'm talking about packed out to the gills. People are hungry, coming for a touch of God. We hear it now. People coming from all over the nations. It will be like when, when the Queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon. She looked at his servants. It was not even adequately told. We have leaders and kings that are becoming right here. I can't tell you the countless times when, when leaders have come and pastors from all around the world, and they stop for a second and they just say, man, that hospitality group is just amazing. The, the cook, everything. I mean, from the time I got here, this is just next level. Next level. And we hear it so many times. So many times. But it flows from the head down. But if we stay in position for it, to say, look, I'm willing, I'm available. Somebody said, well, I don't have that. Give me a willing man over a skilled man because he'd be willing to grab a hold of the skill that he's taught. God's just looking for a vessel. He's looking for a vessel. Who told you that you couldn't do it? Because there, you could you imagine if, if Jordan in his prime said, I'm not willing, no championship. But God's not looking for people who will just sit and drink the Gatorade while the rest of the team are playing their heart out. <laughs> Where's the Gatorade? Oh, gone. 
what are you? Where are you doing? I drank it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. There's a place for each person. There's a place for each person on the roster. Hallelujah. If anyone's sitting out, it's because they made a choice to sit out, but it's not that. Look at that. I see strong people. I see people with wisdom. I see people, you know, you're talking, hey, you know what? I'm too old. No, you bring wisdom to the table. If you look at it and you look at the ministry of helps, you see the young and the tenured serving side by side. You might say, I don't have the strength, but I can give you a 20-year shortcut on how to de-escalate a situation in security. I can give you a 20, a 30-year shortcut. Don't hold on to the wisdom thinking you are past an expiration date. No. That's why you look at it and you see all ages serving. All ages are serving. Why? Nobody's gone off to the sunset. You can serve right on out. You can just serve right on out. Just go. It's right out. Because sitting and just watching, that's where people become cynics. That's where they become critics. But not while they're in the game. I've never met a critic in the game. What is it that's on your heart that God has been stirring you to do? It's, a, it's come on, do this, because there's training that's happening. Somebody says, I'm called. I'm called to ministry. I know that I'm called. Absolutely. But there's some training that's taking place. There's training that's taking place. Because, see, it's he that adds to the church. Acts chapter number 2 and verse 47 Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They're not added to sit. They're not added to sit. And see, because the church also has a structure, leadership, discipline, and oversight. We see that in Acts 15 and verse 4, when they arrived in Jerusalem, they were heartily welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they told them all that God had accomplished through them. See, there is leadership and development in the ministry of helps. There's leadership and development in the ministry of helps. You can see it time and time again. We could jump into the Old Testament, and we can look at Elijah, and we look at Elisha. Because only the person who's gone ahead of you can effectively prepare you for what's ahead. If you've never run the minefield, you don't know to instruct anyone else unless you just want casualties. Hey, let me tell you how to run this minefield. Have you done it before? No, but I'll figure it out as you run. You know, that's what happens when you don't want to serve but want to go and be elevated. There'll be a lot of casualties. That's why I love our pastor. There is nothing that he hasn't done. You can watch him go through. He'll pick a piece of paper up. He can come behind the piano. He can do all these things. Why? He can move a chair. He can look at it and eye. Why? Because he has got that servant's heart. He has done it. You know, I remember when when he came back from South Africa and he prayed and and the drought was broken. Immediately in my spirit, it went back to when he was with Brother Copeland and Brother, he was serving him. I said, he caught something then. And it manifested now. 
What will you catch as you serve that will be made manifest in the days to come? What is it that God is pouring out the moment that you go down and say, I'm willing to serve? Because there's an anointing that's available for you. There's an anointing that's available for you that you could receive, that what you see be made manifest. Because there's no shortcuts to it. There's no shortcuts to it. There's no, no, no shortcuts to it. See, because it flows that it's looking for the paths of least resistance that have lowered itself. Pour the oil and watch the way it flows. It flows down. And it's looking for paths of least resistance, paths of no resistance. That the anointing is, is flowing. It's that stream. It's blowing through. It's like the wind just moving, looking for the path of least resistance. The one that says, here I am. I'm willing to serve whatever it is. I will go down and let you flow. You know, the thing about anything needing to go faster, anything that needs to accelerate. You look at a rider on a bike. He, he lowers himself. You, 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 you can look at a car that needs to go faster. What do you do? You lower it. Anything. And at the speed this ministry is moving. It's not a station wagon with chickens. <laughs> There's no chickens in this coop. It is a coop, but it's a coupe. And no chickens in it. Just lions roaring the whole way going. That's what it's going to take. Hallelujah. Hey, we're moving too fast. Why? Just keeps going lower. Just keeps going lower. And you're a part of it. We're all a part of it. There are those who are watching and they're saying, God, bring me here. I got to come here. I got to be a part of what you're doing. There are people that God is drawing them even now. There are people with skill sets. There are people that literally that are anointed for certain things and you're like crying out and God's answering that prayer for you right now. You're coming. You're coming. It won't make sense when that call comes because it, it'll have to do it and do it by faith. But it's happening. People that are watching from all over the world saying, God, bring me here. Bring me here. Bring me here. I just want to serve. I just want to be under the spout where your glory is being poured out. I just want to be here. And you got, and I just got a position in a heart. You're not going to come from afar and outserve me. We can't take it for granted. We can't take it for granted. You know, I, I remember when I, when I first got saved, I, didn't, I was still, I don't know, I'm not as happy to be saved. <laughs> happy to get off the, the flammable clothes. I didn't understand sowing and reaping. I love to give, but I didn't understand how to put a demand on the word to receive. But I remember one day just sitting and talking to the Lord. I said, you know what? I might not notice, but I do know it's true. And so I haven't been doing the financial thing to, to see the overflow. I said, but you know what? I know that on a job, I would be paid for my time, my giftings, and my talents. That's raw gold. And raw gold is always more pricey. So I tell you what, I'll beat everybody's currency with my time, giftings, and talents. I will put that in every single time till I learn how to do it both ways. I'm going to lean heavy on that. I will serve whatever it takes. I don't care what it is. I don't care what I need. To, it don't matter. 
You say, whatever, run whatever angle. What, it doesn't matter. Because love does that. Love will do that. I've never heard somebody say, man, I love this person so much, but I only want to go so far for them. Honey, I love you, but last year's gift hits the limit. You got to figure it out on your own from this point forward. But I love you, though. I'm not going any further. Uh, your relationship's not going any further. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. The only further it'll go is you and the ER. <laughs> but it's not going to go any further. Because love overrides the limitations. It overrides the limitations. You know, you think about a young man dating a woman, and you think about he loves it. He can come home beat tired. I mean, walking on his face tired. Ready to fall asleep. And if he gets on the phone with her, you say, you want to go out for dinner? Man, all sleep is left. <laughs> he sounds like he just took a 12-hour nap, six cups of coffee. Hey, honey, yeah, I'll be right there. Not a problem. Are you tired? Tired? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. It should be the same way when a, when a need is in the house of the Lord. Who will serve? Tired. He renews my youth. Strengthens me. He invigorates me. The same spirit that rose Christ. Stop chomping on the word and come in. Why? Because you're passionate about him. Passionate about his house. Passionate about the souls that are being touched. Hallelujah. Passionate about everything that pertains to the building of his house. And that's what I meant when I said that he will, he will provide it as he's the head of all things to the church. That means the helps ministry as well. He is. <laughs> I remember once I'm just giving an excuse to myself, arguing with the Lord. I was just, I was armor-bearing and... At that time, they, my wife wanted to take pictures. And I'm not a picture person. I say, which is your good side? I don't know. Pick one. <laughs> and so, you know, ladies like pictures. <laughs> They're making memories. <laughs> and I've never liked personally, because I always thought I looked silly just looking at a camera and smiling at nobody. So, but then I got the call that pastor was coming in, and we're looking for an armor bear, and there was one available. And I mean, I knew the moment that I said, I'll go ahead and do it, she was going to think I was bailing out of the pictures. That was going to be the first thought. I know you. You're trying to bail on the pictures. I mean, it was a convenient reason. <laughs> I'm like, God is lining this up. Man, he looks out for me. But, you know, I'm going to be good about it. I love her. I said, fine, we're going to do the pictures. But then I remember saying, how is it nobody's available? How? How? Because I, I fear her. I was like, I don't want to have that conversation. So I said, hey, listen, 
man of God's coming in. I got, I have to. She's like, I, I understand. So I'm, I'm not going to have him come here. Why? Because God is bringing him here to do something. He's coming to do something. And that's an assignment from the Lord. And I'm, I'm going to help with that assignment. And I remember calling the person who was over the armor bearers at that time. And I said, I'll do it. They said, no, 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 you got them pictures. I said, it's okay. God's not in debt to anybody. And you know, as luck would have it, the photographer calls at the same time. And he goes, hey, something happened. Something came up. I'm not going to be able to do it right now. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Man, talk about how he answers prayers. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of got me off the hook a bit. And, and I remember, so here we are, and the person came. Pastor Roddy came, and that man of God came. Which was interesting because that man of God, I had seen that he was in town, and I was like, man, I would love to hear him minister. I'd, I'd go to one of his meetings. And then I looked at the, the calendar, and I said, wait a minute, no. My man of God is ministering. I have to be faithful with what my man of God is doing. I will not be anywhere else but with who and where God has placed me. That was my decision, and that was that. Never said anything else. I did not know who was coming to visit him. And I didn't even remember it. And it was that man of God. So he walks in. I'm like, oh, wow, it's amazing. Not thinking about it. Got him in and everything. And on the way in, he looks at me and he says, you have no idea what you're doing. And I thought, oh, my God. Mm. But he didn't mean that in a negative way. He said, I just, you just don't realize what it is you're you're doing, you're doing it, but you don't even realize the impact of it. And I was like, oh, praise God. He goes to walk out, and on the way out, pastor asked me to take him out. I'm taking him out. And then he says something to me. He said, uh, Can I, you, you've been believing for this healing with your back. I said, yeah. So I'm going to pray for you. The Lord's going to finish that. And he said, and your wife is actually upstairs and she's dealing with this thing and this pain that she's been going through with her head. And so I said, yeah. He said, I'll pray for you. The Lord is going to deal with that. Did that. Walked out. Gave me a word of the Lord. And he left. I didn't think anything about it. I was like, wow. I ran to her. I said, hey, did you? She's like, yeah, totally healed. Gone. I was like, man, yeah, back totally healed. Oh, it gets better. So I'm excited. Glory to God. So, no sooner that, I get the call now. Hey, my schedule's cleared up. I can make it now to do the photos if you'd like to. Mm. So, I walk over and I run to go get ready. And as I'm there, the Lord speaks something to me. He said, what did you say when you saw him coming to town? I was like, what? What did you say? I said, oh, I said that I would love to, but I have to be faithful where you've placed me. Sorry, I'm just not going to go do that. I'm going to be faithful with what you've given me. And what else did you say? I said, oh, you're not a, you're not a debt to anybody. He said, you would have gone and seen him. You would have been in the rafters just watching. But I brought him right here, gave him the word for you, and your healing was made manifest. And I'm still getting to do my pictures. <laughs> now, 
You say, why is that so important? Because there are things you could think that are so far off or places that you would like to go, but faithfulness is like the breeding ground for promotion. Faithfulness is like that breeding ground for promotion, for things that God is wanting to do in your life. And I, I remember that so vividly because of what he did not being indebted to me at all. At all. You talk about a healing all through serving. But there's something else that happens amazingly while serving. Do you know that the call so often comes while one is serving? Moses, shepherd, backside of the mountain, is doing that, sees the burning bush, goes. Joshua, serving, no, right here. Gideon, threshing. David, tending to his father's sheep. And the Bible makes a note of it that it was few sheep. When his brothers speaking to him, he said, who have you left those few sheep that we have? The little, few sheep. But then out of that few sheep, now he's tending to God's people, nation, a whole lot of sheep. Saul is looking for his father's donkeys. Amos, he makes it very clear. Amos 7 and 14, I was not a prophet, neither the son of a prophet, but I was a herdsman tending to the flock. Ah, we could go on. Peter, Matthew, we can go on and on and on and on. That the call comes while serving. See, because in the call coming where serving is taking place, there is that preparation that's happening. Preparation with the lion and the bear taking place. Think about that. Preparation for catching fish taking place. See, because we can stand on the shoulders, but we're never greater than. Because the foundation that we have in that servant's heart that has been imparted to us, that continues to flow from the head of the church to our pastors and, and flows through us, it's available. It's available. It's available. It's available for each and every one of us. It's available for us to say there's a gap or there will never be a gap because I'm going to ask the Lord, where can I fill in? Where can I plug in? Where can I stop it from even coming to? See, that's why it's called the ministry of helps, not the ministry of hindrances. It's the ministry of helps. Why? It's there to help. That even so the Lord would even speak to you before a move happens to be in position, even as an usher. Lord, tell me what's going to happen. Where do I need to be so I'm, I'm in place already? So it just moves. The flow happens. Where? Where? Because there's an anointing for it. In that anointing, 
The same anointing, that Acts 1.8, that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Think about this. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples because of what? Your love for one another. And love serves. So you're telling me part of the witness that we ought to be is by servitude. Because short as there's always where we can just say it. I love you, Lord. I love you. He says, all right, phenomenal. Hey, can you help me with this? I got some things to do. Lord, I really would like to, but what is it? What's the but? Is it an insecurity? Because he can deal with that in a, in a moment. If you want it, gone. He said, it's, it's my job. It keeps me out of your house from serving. He can, he can move that around, make you the head of your own company. What keeps you from serving? What is the, the mountain that has been self-erected that keeps you from serving? You know, I've heard it where sometimes, you know, the student body will go on, on in the summer. <laughs> And they say, well, it's the summer, I'm not serving. I said, did your salvation go on hold? Did the blessing of the Lord go on hold? Because it's summer, what's, what's happening in the summer that keeps you from saying, I don't want to serve? If that's the case, if servitude is because of a requirement, then you've missed it. I've often looked at it and see when people are serving when they're not supposed to or not required to, the acceleration comes because the heart is exposed. Because it's all by the heart. Because it has nothing to do with the requirement. You think of all the time in a year that God would grant to us. Could we give him for servitude three to four hours a month? Is that too much to ask for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? That you would present yourself. That living sacrifice says, I'm coming even if it's to, to vacuum the floors because these are Jesus' carpets. To come into the kitchen and wash dishes. To say, these, is, these are the Lord's dishes. I is going to wash them. <laughs> My God, this is God's chariots that's going out to bring in the lost, to bring in the hungry. I'm going to come in and help in the automatic department because I've got a skill set that I, shh, I hope nobody knows that I'm secretly a mechanic. You know, but God was telling on you. I, I, I remember Mark, Brother Mark Rahaker, he, he was sitting in, in a new member's class. And the word of the Lord came forth. Didn't even know. I said, you can be a, uh, there was a chef. What was the chef? Yeah, it was about him being a chef. And I said, you can be sitting because you might, for whatever reason, maybe you got offended or whatever the case is. And, and, you know, but God is calling you to come back. Bring that gifting and bring that talent. Come on. Get into the Lord's kitchen. After he comes up, he said, did my wife tell you that I was a chef? I said, I don't, I don't know nothing, brother. I'm just following the Holy Ghost. But then he came and started helping and cooking in the kitchen and doing these things. Now he's in ministry. He's traveling. Came to Bible school not too long after. What about you? See, often I'll, I get to wonder, I said, man, where would you get the testimonies and the stories to talk about things if you weren't serving? Where would they come from? Tell us a story. I have none. 
huh, I never served. But that's not here. Oh, no. So you could say, I've, 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 I've gone to the reserve line, the engine reserve. I used to serve. I don't serve anymore. I'm speaking to you. You could say, hey, there are people who are sitting here and going, man, I would love to serve. Oh, I'm talking to you. You're getting in the game today. You're getting in the game today. Hallelujah. You're saying, hey, I, I wish that I would be made whole that I can serve. Oh, he's, he's doing it. He's looking at that hungry heart. He's looking at it. You are. You are the arms that are going to help with the 10,000. These balconies packed out to the gills. Hallelujah. Sanctuary too small. Hallelujah. You said, my God. Then you'll be looking at it and going, I remember the day when, when I could come in and get a seat. Now I got to be here at 7 o'clock. You said, this place has become like Africa. People are waiting from 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 4 in the morning. Hallelujah. That means now we need more security and more parking to help orchestrate it. Hey, glory to God. You said, I remember that. But there was a vision that the man of God gave, and we are a part of it. It's happening. It's happening right here. It's happening right now. Because you could think, well, when it happens, that's when I'm going to do it. Don't be like that servant with Elisha getting trampled. We don't want you trampled at the gate at 7 o'clock because we have to open early. Because this ministry has become like an ark for people all over the world chomping at the bit to come in and say, God, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here. I'm here to serve your people. I'm here to serve your people. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And you've got to be connected. In the helps ministry, it gets you connected. It ensures that you're connected to the vision. It keeps you abreast of the vision, fully locked in and loaded. So I know what happens every Sunday. I'm here. Pastor, I'm here. That he said, look at all these amazing people here today. And I said, even though pastor's doing what he's called to do, I'm going to answer my call to be here. Because the Holy Ghost hasn't left. So why did you? The Holy Ghost didn't leave. See, but when you're part of the vision, you connected, you stay locked in. And you said, bless God, I'm, I'm here to do whatever it takes because you, you called me here. And you entrust me to do something even while... You sent him over here. You brought me here for a reason. You brought me here. And we miss you. 
miss you because there's a gap somewhere because you're not here. There's somebody who would, who would have to serve an extra time rather than sitting in with their family because you're not here. There's a ramification if we ditch out on, on answering that portion of the call. But there are so many among us who just, yes, Lord. It is, the amazing thing is we have amazing people. I'll tell a testimony. There's, there's an evangelist one night, reached out to him. I said, I know you used to do this, but a man of God is preaching. Do you mind jumping in as an armor bearer? He said, absolutely. Why would I not? No reputation. No reputation. He said, there's an opportunity to serve. I'm in. I'm in. I'm talking about looking for it. Looking for it. Because the helps ministry, once again, it plays such a vital role. Vital role. So who among us today are good and attested character and repute full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom? Who among us fits that category? I see one. Phenomenal. <laughs> Brother, you're definitely in helps. Let me try it again. Maybe I should speak it in tongues. Anybody? Ah, the gift of diverse tongues. No, I'm just being funny. That was a joke. See, it'd be terrible to remove the chef out of the kitchen to have them greet and seat patrons. It would be terrible to grab the chef. Come out of the kitchen. We need you to greet the people and set the tables and everything. It'd be terrible. Why? Be like, hey, Chef Charney, amazing. I need you to come, seat, greet the people. But who's going to cook? Hopefully you can get to it. No. Do you know how many people have actually become members because of a greeter? Because of a greeter. A Holy Ghost, love-filled, oozing greeter. I said, the moment that person shook my hand, I knew this was home. This was it for me. I knew I wasn't going anywhere else. This was the church that I desired to be a part of. And you know what they said after that? I'd like to be a greeter. You know why? Immediately connected to the vision. Because some people, the only time a hand has ever been extended to them is simply for abuse. There's been no genuine handshake, no genuine love, any of those things. None whatsoever. I was talking with an usher the other day and he was talking and he, I met those people. People who needed a breakthrough, who were walking out of the service because they either got offended or thought that what they needed, they weren't going to get it. And he actually, by the Holy Ghost, spoke to them, and they came back into the service, and their lives were totally changed. <laughs> who will encounter you and have a, 
a radical encounter. Because you yielded your vessel. You yielded your vessel. Somebody was used to touch you. Who will you be used to touch? Who will you be used to impact? There's so many learnings that take place, so many quickenings that take place. I can tell you countless times of people who were healed while serving. Why? Because they knew there was no excuse. You promised me healing and I'm going to receive it because of what I want to do with it. I want to, I'm going to serve you to every capacity and every drop. Everyone here. Every single person has been anointed to serve. There's not one person here within the sound of my voice or by way of the broadcast that's not anointed to serve. It's on you even now. The call's even there now, stirring in you. Yield, yield. You're thinking about all the different challenges that will keep you from doing it? No. Think about all the ways that God will make so you can do it. You see a mountain? Phenomenal. Speak to it. There's a word for that mountain. Be thou removed. Say, God, there's so much I want to pour out. Start. 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 So I've got, a, I've got an amazing ear for sound. Start. Where are you? Because sometimes we've come to realize that many love to come to the dinner table, but very few love to be in the kitchen. But that's not Jesus' heart at all. Though he had a ministry of helps, he ministered to them. Think about the ministry of helps. And, and we'll carry on along these lines tonight. And there's other things that what God's going to do. But I promise you, the day that you answered that call, everything was available. Because you can't leave it to the next person saying they'll do it. Because then they'll be thinking, I'll leave it to the next person and they'll do it. And then they'll think the next person will do it. And then nobody does it. But look how far we've come. We've heard the word of the Lord over and over at the balconies. And you're sitting in them right now. Just take a look around. We've heard the word pertaining to the sanctuary. Look at where we are now. We've heard the word of the full building of the atrium. Look at where we are now. We've heard the word on the pavilion. Look at where we are now. We've heard the word on the 10,000. Can you see us there now? Because if you can see us there now, you can also see yourself being a part of it. Not a spectator, but one that's actively engaged in it. Where do you see yourself? Because if one part suffers, as the scripture says, 
then all parts suffered. The only way it won't suffer is if it's been dismembered. I'll say it again. If one part suffers, all parts suffers. The only way a part won't suffer is if it's been dismembered. Don't detach yourself. Don't dismember yourself. We can't afford to do that. 10,000 strong. And you are an active part of it. Anointed by God for this time, this hour. You are called for such a time as this. There is an anointing on you that will do what nobody else can do. You are here to lift the vision. And as you are lifting that vision, so will come the call for what you are called to do because the preparation is happening. It's happening even now through the ministry of helps. There is an equipping of the saints taking place. There's an equipping of the saints taking place. What does he say? For the equipping of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints, one passion, in, in the Passion Translation says, the equipping, the prepar preparing of the saints for their own work of the ministry. There is a work for you, and there is a school for you. And the ministry of helps as you continue to prepare. See, there's something why Elisha couldn't walk away and wouldn't walk away from Elijah. And the reason for that is the thing that he did naturally. He was on the 12th yoke of oxen plowing the field. On the 12th yoke, he understood yoking. He understood that where the elder went with the younger attached to it, he would never have to go through the things that the elder went through. He would never have to get the lashings. He was knowing that the tip of the spear would break through everything and he could just come after there's a thing about serving when the anointing begins to fall on you from the one that you follow. We can think that we're lifting his hands, but what he's actually doing is pulling us that we don't have to take the hits that he took. Then we can understand yoking like Elisha did and said, I'm not leaving. I'm staying with you. Whatever's coming on you, it's coming on me. Whatever you're going, I'm going. I'm getting it too. You will never get me to separate myself from you. That's what it, he understood that. So he understood that by his natural employment that he could understand it in the realm of the spirit. He could understand it spiritually because of what he was doing naturally. As you continue to serve, as you continue to pour out, there is something that is coming on you. There is something that's transforming you to another person. It is taking you from where you are to where you're called to be. I'm speaking to each and every one of you today that where you sit today, you won't just be occupying a seat but you will be occupying till he comes you will be serving you will be pouring out you will not lack you will not be sick hallelujah he will pour out something on you that will enable you to sustain the vision in Jesus mighty name you are going to the next level as pastor Rodney has said it our breakthrough, your breakthrough, you are breaking through. The ministry of helps is breaking through. It's going to a whole other level, and you are a part of it as we stand on his shoulders. We will see it 10,000 strong in Jesus' mighty name. I want everyone to take a moment, bow your heads, and close your eyes.
We've been speaking on the body. We've been speaking on 10,000 strong. We've been speaking on the ministry of helps. And God's been dealing with people on multiple fronts. But I want to speak to those here today. Say, God, I want to be in that body. So I'm going to make three calls. The first call, if you were here this morning, watching my way of the broadcast, and you have never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you have never known or have never come to the place of realization Realizing that you are in need of a Savior. That you cannot say if you went home today and lay your head on your pillow and breathed out your last breath. That you would not go to a lost eternity, but heaven would be your home. If you cannot say that you could leave out of this service and someone blows through a red light and hits you. And you breathe out your last breath. That you would not go to a lost eternity. If you cannot say without a shadow of doubt in your heart that if some tragedy were to happen, some irresponsible person did something, not even on your own doing, and it cost you your life, that you would not go to a lost eternity. This call is for you. I want you to know that God has made a way through his son that he sent his son into this world with one specific assignment. And it was all about you. It was all about you. That you did not have to go to a lost eternity. You don't have to deal with the things that have come against you and be subject to them. This call is for you. And if you're here today away by the broadcast and you said, look, I've once given my life to the Lord, but I've stepped away. I've turned back. Whether it's be because of a situation, someone stabbed you in your back, a lost business, a divorce, a best friend betrayed you. Financially, you were ruined. You might say, you know, it was because of a church hurt, but I want you to know that the church didn't hurt you. It may have been an individual in the church that hurt you. Jesus would never hurt you. That's his body. You could say, someone I really trusted, they, they turned their back and I can't believe that, so I don't believe either. I want you to know the Lord's not mad at you. He wants you back. And this call is for you. He's crying out. He's speaking out to you right now. Your heart is racing in your chest. He said, come, come back to me. Come to me. I love you. This call is for you. And you might be here and the enemy has just been lying to you and telling you that you're not saved. Every time his mouth moves, it's a lie. Anything he says is a lie. This call is for you. The Lord loves you more than you can even imagine. If I'm speaking to you here in the sanctuary by way of the broadcast, I want you just to lift your hands. I would love to pray with you and for you today. Just go ahead and lift your hands this morning. We want to pray with you and for you. I see your hands, sir. In the balconies, I want you just to lift your hands. We want to pray with you and for you today. I see your hand. Because here's the thing about it. Every person has a clock over their head. They just can't see it. And that clock is winding down. The clock is winding down. 
I see your hand. If you could look on that clock and see 30 seconds left on that clock, would you be comfortable to sit with your hands, not raised, or to, to sit in that seat? That clock is, on, is winding down quickly, going down to zero. And at that zero mark, you breathe out your last breath and there is no other opportunity. It's like 15 seconds on that clock. You're thinking, maybe I have an opportunity to get it right. If you're saying there are things that I would change, there are things that I could change, there are some things I would want to change right now, that means that your hand should be lifted. What would you change? What would you do? But he's calling you because he loves you. If you're here in the south balcony, right here, and in this area, I want every eye just look at me for a second. If I'm speaking to you, I want you to lift your hands right now. I see your hands, sir. I see your hand. Anyone else in this area? I want to pray with you and for you. He's not mad at you. He's giving you a way today. A way today to come into the kingdom. A way today to consecrate yourself. A way today to make heaven your home. It's not a gamble. There was five seconds on that clock. You can't see it, but heaven can. The Lord is looking at that clock. Would you want to guess? Would you want to guess that you, could, you can make a gamble because there's not a gamble. This is eternity. I see your hand back there. I'm speaking to you in this section. The West Balcony, this portion. If I'm speaking to you, I want you just to lift your hands. I want to pray with you and for you. Just raise your hand. Anyone else in this section? I see your hand back there. Thank you. It doesn't matter who's sitting to the left and to the right of you. Today is that day. And you could say, God, I've been immobilized by some condemnation or something that keeps me from moving forward. Because what's not faith is sin. I see your hand. Anyone else in here? Anyone else? I see your hand back there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Anyone else in this area? I see your hand. I see your hand. You might count it as a small fox, but these are the small foxes that spoil the vine. You said, I'm dealing with things, alcoholism. I'm dealing with a drug. I'm dealing with some substance abuse. I'm dealing with an addiction, pornography, whatever it is, bitterness, jealousy, resentment. All these things will keep you out. But today is the day that you make a decision once and for all, and God breaks it off of you. You said, I want to be free from this thing. I want to be free today. I want to know that heaven is my home. I remember it was a young man who came. And I was just starting in Bible school. And I was told to speak to him and pray for him. And I thought I was in such a rush to take care of other things that I, I, I postponed speaking to him and I, I quickly prayed for him, not prayed with him. And then I went about trying to find him and look for him because I was like, I'll catch him on the next go round because I wanted to take care of other duties. And reality of life and death is so real that when I went looking for him, I couldn't find him. True story, his name's Chris. 
And in that moment, when I found his friends that had came with him, and I said, hey, I've been looking for your friend Chris. Where is he? He said, oh, you haven't heard. He was hit on the side of the road. He ran out of gas and left like a dog dead on the side of the road. That's the reality of it. He didn't know. I didn't know. But heaven knew. That clock was over his head. He couldn't see it. And I couldn't see it. You don't want to miss it. So if you've raised your hand and God is speaking to your hearts, pounding out of your chest, I want you to come to the altar. Don't sit. I want you to come now. Even if you hadn't raised your hand, but God is speaking to you right now, I want you to come to the altar. Meet at the altar right now. I don't care who's to the left or to the right of you. Don't hesitate. Quickly come. Many hands were raised throughout the sanctuary. Many hands were raised. In the balcony, on the floor, I want you to come to the altar even now. Come to the altar right now. Come, come. Those in the balcony that have raised your hands, I want you to come. We're going to wait for you. There's still more. There's still more. There's someone you, you're watching, and you've been you've been hurt, and you're you're playing over taking revenge for yourself, even the taking of someone's life. It's not worth it. And God wants to take the pain away. He wants to take the pain away if you would let it through. If you would let him touch you today, he will absolutely take the pain away. He will change it and he will restore that thing. He will restore it back to you. It's not worth it. Don't do it. I'm speaking to you. Speaking to you. Come. 
there's people that God is still speaking to. And you're arguing in your head. You're justifying things. He wants you. He's calling you. He's speaking to you. He said, there's, isn't that good? We've got enough people. No, there's, there's people that God is speaking to. And you're fighting it. What does anybody think? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's about you and him. It's you and him. There was five seconds left on that clock, on your clock. There was five seconds left on your clock, and you can see it. What would you do? There was three seconds left on your clock, and you can see it. What would you do? Would you still hold your seat? Would you still be at home with your hands down and not raised? There was one second left. What would you do? Zero. I want you to lift your hands here at the altar. And those who are watching by way of the broadcast. But I want you to say this prayer with your lips and your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I believe that you're coming back again for me. So I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you, Lord Jesus, that you are the Son of God, that you came to this earth and died for me. You were buried, and three days later, the Lord rose you from the dead, and you are now seated at his right hand and coming back again for me. I ask you also today to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me now. I ask you right now to put a purpose in a yielded heart, the heart of flesh, as you remove the heart of stone. I yield my life to you. I consecrate my life to you. And I surrender it fully to you. From this day forward, I will tell everyone about you. And I will be a soul winner. I thank you today for everything in heaven's best. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, just lift your hands. Father, I thank you for each and every one of them. We seal them even now by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you that they yielded to you and your plan and your purpose for them, that every plan of the enemy is canceled over their lives. I thank you for the greatness that's locked within them that has been made known in the days ahead. I thank you for your divine will and purpose for them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. 
This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.